the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 20 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Thanks for being a part of the show. I do appreciate it. Um, let's talk money. Let's talk investing. Let's talk uh, some buying opportunities. You know, that's kind of what we're, we do in the first segment. We kind of go over what happened on the market today and why. In the second segment, we go over you know some financial planning issues. Third segment, kind of bigger picture. Fourth segment, kind of a recap. We're in the first segment. SP 500 is down eight. The Dow is down 62. NASDAQ is down 27. Ten-year Treasury sits at eh, unchanged 2.5. I didn't even notice that one yesterday. It's it's slowly, slowly slipped down from 2.6 down to about 2.5. Gold sits down ten dollars an ounce, sitting at 13.32. Oil sits down a buck seventy, sitting at 96.60 an ounce. Oh, my. The things that we could talk about today. Um, headlines, headlines. Let's focus on headlines. Let's focus on some of the breaking news stories. Um, it's earnings season. Dow components, Boeing and Caterpillar are big players today. But listen to the, the list of players in earnings season. It's pretty big and dynamic. Bristol-Myers Squibb, Dr. Pepper. I know you're saying, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> they also own Snapple. General Dynamics, Eli Lilly, Northrop Grumman, Norfolk Southern, and WellPoint Health. Wyndham Worldwide, all on the earnings slate. You know, yesterday, Netflix got crushed pretty hard. They came out with numbers that were pretty amazing, pretty stunning. And the stock still showed that gap up, you know, cult of personality kind of movement. Closed up, um, or didn't close up for the day, it, it shot up. It's about $390 a share, then it, it reversed. <laughs> what? Um, and it goes all the way down to 322 So it basically started the day like 360 goes to 380 and then ends at 320 ish it's a stock that's had an enormous run. It needs time to pause, to reflect, to slow down. It needs down period. It needs a cooling off. If it happens today, great. If it happens in a month, wonderful. But it will happen. If it happens in a year, whatever. Stocks don't always go up. So yesterday we learned that Carl Icahn sold half of his stake in the company. This is important because... He bought in the 60s and 70s when the stock was hated. He sold when it was beloved. Buy it when others hate it. Sell it when others love it. Um, it's a great phrase. You know, it doesn't work on every single stock if it did. It, trust me, I'd be a billionaire. I'm not a billionaire. But it worked on that one. Panera Bread beat earnings expectations by 13 cents. The restaurant... Chain's revenue and its current quarter outlook came in below expectation. Panera's having a little bit of a tough time. Let me pull up the chart on Panera because it's a... I'm not going to say it's a poor man's Starbucks, but... It's in that field where it's like an expensive man's McDonald's. I like Panera. I got nothing bad to rag on Panera about. Down $10 today to 152 Look at this one-year chart. 
what a piece of work this is. Started the year 52 weeks ago at 168. Today it's 162. It ran up all the way to almost 200, 198, 193, and then it's pulled back to basically had a push of a year. The nice thing is they've had some good earnings. The nice thing is that if you take a look at a two-year chart and a five-year chart, it starts making more sense. It's really showing you, in my opinion, that it is a growth stock with a high PE that's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. It gets ahead of itself. It pulls back. Let's take a look at some other stocks in the news today. Juniper Networks, I can't really care about it. Ten years ago, if we were having this conversation, I'd be like, let's talk Juniper Networks. Competitor Cisco, you know? Today, I'm at the point where I'm like, how much money do I have? Can I really afford to invest in everything? No. So I make a quick decision that Juniper is no longer relevant to me. In 2002, it was a $190 stock. Today, it's basically stuck in the 20s for the better part of eight years. They make high-end communication equipment. Again, I wish that I can get caught up in that, but I can't. You only have so many investment dollars, and then you run out of investment dollars, right? Um, another day, another all-time high for the S&P 500 yesterday. Today, will we hit it or not? Carl Icahn said something yesterday about his selling of his position from, you know, 9.4% of Netflix down to 4.5%. He owned a lot of the cashiers. He said, as a hardened veteran of seven bear markets, I've learned that when you're lucky and or smart enough to have made a total return of 457% in 14 months, it's time to take some of the chips off the table. That's a pretty smart guy, right? Um, Other stories of note, favorable earnings from Boeing, North Grumman, Eli Lilly, Norfolk Southern. The disappointments, Caterpillar, Cree, Panera. I like Norfolk Southern, by the way, for a long-term patient investor. There's not a lot of competition in the world of trains. If you and I decide we want to get into the business of you know, pushing cars across the country, we can't. If you and I decide we want to get into the business of, of pushing coal and sand across the country, we can't. So for the long-term patient investor, I like the choo-choos. Whether it be Burlington Southern, uh, North, uh, whether it be Burlington or Northern so- Norfolk Southern, there's Burlington Santa Fe. There's a lot of good names in the train industry that don't have a lot of competition. Again, is it a stock I'd buy and look for it to come out with, you know, Train Track 2.0 or the Train Track Air? No, it's gonna be boring. Got two events coming up this weekend. Money 101, All Things Financial, Saturday, October 26th in the Walnut Creek Marriott from 9 to noon. It's a workshop for people younger than 40 who are accumulating wealth. I hope you can sign up for it. I hope you can come to it. It's a good event. I'm going to discuss everything from insurance to 401Ks to IRAs to asset allocation, good debt versus bad debt. If you donate a phone, I'm collecting old phones for charity, old cell phones for charity. I'm doing a phone fundraiser. You can get into the event for free. Just drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and say I'll bring a phone. And I'll give you the sign-up code for free. In the afternoon, we're doing a wealth preservation retirement planning event from 1 to 4 at the Walnut Creek Marriott. Those of you who are wealthy or heading towards retirement, same deal. You can sign up at robblack.com or drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Say you're going to donate a phone, and I'll sign you up for free. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Rob Black and your money.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I have a great email coming up later in the show on long-term disability. It's kind of a funny idea. Uh, this email is from a woman who is healthy, supports her family, husband is a stay-at-home dad. But the issue has kind of, um, how shall we say this, uh, insurance. It's something we all want to have, but we never want to use, and we all hate having it because we never use it, and we pay for it, and it's like money that goes down a hole, but it's not. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. S and P five hundred down nine. The Dow down sixty two. The oh, I'm sorry. S P five hundred down nine. The Dow down sixty two. The Nasdaq down thirty two. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you today? Excellent. Let's talk a little, uh, we do wealth preservation retirement planning seminars. You can find out more about one coming up shortly at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. One of the things you have to worry about in retirement is asset allocation. There's a phrase that I use that asset allocation is more important than timing the market. And people, you know, continually want to time the market. But asset allocation in retirement falls in your court. Yeah, asset allocation, but it's also asset location. So the different asset classes that are out there, which types of accounts do you hold them in between your your cash accounts, your taxable accounts, your IRA, your Roth? Um, where do you hold them? I mean, the first thing that you got to look at is is uh, an overall strategy that you need in retirement, which is how are you going to draw and where, what accounts are you going to draw from first? A lot of people make the mistakes of drawing from just their cash first and then holding off on their IRAs, and then they find themselves at age 70 and a half in a really high tax bracket. So um, you take the approach that, as I've talked about on your show many times, you need three years of portfolio draws in cash, right? That's typically in your taxable account. You then need at least about 20% of your portfolio in, in most retirees' cases, if they're kind of the general retired person scenario. You want about 20% of your portfolio in dividend-paying stocks, but they are stocks that have a history of increasing their dividend on an annual basis, so you have constant income regardless of what the share price is doing and an income that increases, even when the markets are down. Um, then you need about 20 to 30% of your portfolio. And uh, what you try to do is, is it's really good, and, and a lot of financial advisors, a lot of publications agree that you, you should try to get about 20 to 30% of your retired, retiree income needs, Rob, from a form of guaranteed lifetime income. For example, Social Security is a form of guaranteed lifetime income. A pension you can't outlive is a form of guaranteed lifetime income. Well, people can also do this on their own and create that with um, certain products out there. And I hate loaded variable annuities. Why? But there are certain, because the fees are so high. Okay. They, they have these guarantees, but the internal fees are like 3.5%. Uh, you, you, you buy them, you can't get out of them for 7 to 10 years. Somebody gets a like, huge commission involved, and they don't help you manage it. There are some no-load versions of this where you can be in a balanced portfolio, and no matter what the market does, you'll get 5 to 6% income for life. It's not a principal guarantee. It's a lifetime guaranteed income. And you need that longevity guarantee in your life. So what if you do outlive that 86 number that is the average age of death now? So you want to get 20 to 30% of that. So what I typically do is have about 20% of a portfolio in a, a, a no-load product so, because if, if bonds ever go to a point where they're attractive again, I might get out of those products. I might not recommend them anymore. But right now, they're an okay bond alternative. Um, and then the rest of the portfolio is a very conservative um, ETF, no-load fund portfolio that you'd want to have. And so in your taxable accounts, you would want more of the large-cap, mid-cap, and tax-free bonds. And then in your retirement accounts, that's where you would have more of the, the, the types of dividend-paying stuff that don't qualify for that 15% dividend, dividend tax. Um, so some you know things like national partnerships and oil and gas deals, um, other stocks that don't qualify for that 15% dividend tax. So you need that overall kind of pieces of your overall portfolio. You need the cash that you're going to draw from. You need the pieces of your portfolio that are going to feed it. But also pay attention to where you hold the asset classes. If it's an income-producing vehicle and you don't need the income yet, hold it in either an IRA or a Roth. 
If it's more of a long-term hold and a growth asset, that's, that's going to be in your taxable accounts. Okay, so asset allocation, critically important in retirement, different than when you're younger. Um, You've got to know your tax brackets. You do. It's really important to know your marginal bracket. That's what, What's the next dollar that I receive? What's it going to be taxed at? So when you retire, things are changing. You no longer have a paycheck. So the first thing you do is you look at your overall situation and say, before I draw from anything, what are, what's my automatic tax bracket going to be? I'm going to have my Social Security income. I'm going to have dividends and interest from my stock and bond portfolio and my taxable accounts. And the first place you look to draw is actually your IRA. A lot of people hold off for as long as they can. But a married couple filing jointly can have about 70000 of income from IRAs and Social Security and pension, plus an amount of income equal to their itemized deductions, and still be at a 15% bracket, which, you know, right now, at this point in time when we're talking, is the same as the capital gains rate. Right. It could be lower going forward, depending on what happens to our tax code. So It's you, kind of complicated in retirement. You know, it, it is, it's complicated on the initial setup, but once you get a detailed income plan going – then it kind of gets automated. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Good stuff to know. You can learn more about this kind of topic and more coming to a Wealth Preservation Retirement Seminar. Uh, something Chad and I do together. It's great to meet people, put faces and names together, and it all starts to kind of click for people. You can learn more about upcoming seminars at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find more about Chad Burton. He's a certified financial planner with New Focus Financial at chadburton.com. That's B U. R-T-O-N, or newfocusfinancial.com. And again, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Walnut Creek going to be out there this weekend, and hopefully you can make it out. Uh, it's going to be a Wealth Preservation Money 101 kind of weekend. So the amateurs, people are accumulating wealth in the morning, whether it be disability issues that you need to understand, whether it be... 401k, insurance, uh, Marion Wisely, what is the right type of insurance to get? What's the right type of insurance to avoid? We'll talk a little bit about recessions, best buying opportunities, or the disasters that are going to crush your portfolio. So two events, one for creating wealth and one for managing it and protecting it. The earlier session is for creating wealth. The latter session is for protecting it. Walnut Creek. I'm doing a little bit of a phone fundraiser. The event's $5, but if you want to come for free, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Bring one of your old cell phones. It's in your drawer. That's fine. It's got broken glass. Fine. Any old cell phone, I will collect and I will donate to charity. Um, You can sign up for the events at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Or if you want free admission, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. a financial interest in to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I got an email from a woman who I kind of know a little bit. I asked her to tell me a little bit about herself because she's looking at her benefits summary. 
and she has to make decisions before November, or roughly at November. She's 40. She's losing weight. She's healthy. Her parents are very healthy. She's got about $500,000 in savings. Her husband is a stay-at-home dad for the two kids. The benefits that she's looking at is long-term disability. And her plan basically has one that gives you a maximum benefit of $25,000 per month. It pays two-thirds of your regular monthly base pay or up to $25,000 uh, $25, a month. She doesn't make $400,000 a year, so she's good. Um, but it pays two-thirds. It's kind of mathematic. It's important to know that the benefit is taxable. She has to pay federal FICA and state taxes if she uses it. Long-term disability could be, you know, uh, she gets hit by a car, can't go to work. Her husband has been out of work because he's been raising the kids. Maybe he doesn't have a marketable skill at this point in time, especially in the Bay Area. Option two, she gets a tax-free benefit of two-thirds of her regular monthly base pay up to a maximum benefit, 25000 One is taxable. One is not taxable. One's more expensive. Um, she has to pay taxes on the premiums, Visa. Oops, shouldn't say the name of the company, but I did, but no one knows who this is. Pays on her behalf by paying the taxes up front. You receive a tax-free benefit if you ever use it. Which one should she use? Again, there's no right answer, and that's what sucks about insurance. If she never gets disabled, option one was the right one. If she does get disabled and it's serious, option two is the right one. If she gets disabled and her husband can't go back to work and she has option one and they're paying taxes, a lot of times when you get disabled, you find yourself in a situation that your expenses are a little bit higher than you thought. I've got a friend whose mother has stroke early, early in life. Um, you know, you start doing the math on this, you assume a 25% tax bracket, $30 a month premium, $1,000 benefits as an example. $30 monthly premium would create $90 in tax for the year, while a $1,000 benefit would create $3,000 in tax. This is why you really got to get your ducks in a row and figure out a financial plan. Disabilities make people a lot, I see a lot more people have a good life turn into a horrible life because of disability than you would, have, you would imagine. There's a guy in my neighborhood who has a kidney issue that turned into a back issue. And he, his wife, and his two kids have to move out of the area because they're basically bankrupt. With that said, that's what sucks about financial issues. It takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of, you know, you don't want the worst-case scenario, but you want to plan for it. SP 500 is down 10, the Dow is down 66, the NASDAQ down 32. Welcome in, Tony Mendez. Tony and I go way back. He's someone that I trust. He's someone I've done loans with in the past. He is my lender. You can find him online at bayarealonesource.com. That's bayarealonesource.com. I am in my world of the stock market, of companies and picking stocks and the economy and interest rates as tied towards borrowing costs for corporations. You, on the other hand, see things a little bit differently. I don't see everything you see. And like an FHA loan, I don't even know what it is. What's it? What is it? Federal Housing Administration. Okay. It's, it was started back in the 40s to help low-income and low-credit borrowers get into housing. It was an initiative, uh, and it's still around. It, it's now slowly becoming, or fast becoming, the new subprime. Subprime is gone. Those are those tricky loans, the stated income, interest-only, and negam loans. FHA kind of replaced that. It's also a low-down payment program. You can put as little as 3.5% all the way to $729,000 loan here in the Bay Area. So it's a tool that people use when they have um, a, lower, a lower income, lower credit scores, and lower down payment. It's not always the best tool to get into real estate, especially if the market's going to be flat or you think your job might 
go away sometimes, and, or you might decrease income or lose some income from a family member if they get you know have a child, for example. Um, but there are some advantages to it. You, know, you can get gift money from okay. a, a couple other places. You can have non-occupant co-borrowers, uh, co meaning you can have your parents help you co-sign. Wait, wait, wait. Let's do the first one first. Gift money. What is gift money, and how does it tie to an FHA loan, and why is that a good thing? Um, gift money is gift from a family member, for right. example. And you can do that in most cases with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, your regular conventional loans. But all of the gift can come from your family as opposed to having it to put in a 5 or 10% in the Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Um, gifts are... are a good thing, I, I think, and it's a way that you know families help each other out. Um, but it's it's still my goal that no matter what I do in a real estate transaction, I always try to get 20% because the extra down payment that you put in is going to get rid of that mortgage insurance, and it's all about the rate of return. With FHA has a high mortgage insurance, and this is the the con to FHA is not the con meaning it's a is a scam. It's the, the pro and con is. Mortgage insurance for FHA has gone up year over year over year since 2006. It's over one and a quarter right now on a monthly basis, and that's planning on going up again. And they're about to change the rule about keeping your mortgage insurance for five years and then being able to eliminate it once you hit 78%. It's called now life mortgage insurance, life of the loan mortgage insurance. So it's becoming a lot more expensive to use FHA. It has regained popularity recently, but it's, it's probably going to go away. FHA has been having some trouble keeping their balance sheet straight. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit FHA. That's a product. I don't know it. I trust that people like you know all the products out there. Um, you one time showed me something called Loan Sifter that you punch in someone's name, address, income, and it basically starts telling you, you know, who will loan this person how much money. Uh, do I need to know about FHA, or do I just need a good lender who knows about all the programs out there? If you have, if if you're in a product. Uh, buying a house or refinancing, your loan amount is conforming, meaning it conforms to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, and you have at least 10% equity, you don't need an FHA loan. You can, you'll still get a mortgage insurance, but it'll be a lot less lowering, but your rate might be a little higher. But your mortgage insurance will drop off at a certain point as opposed to FHA. Um, I think if you were to do normal payments on a 3.5% down, you're looking at over seven, eight years of keeping mortgage insurance as opposed to somebody who gets bonuses. Let's say you get a, uh, you're looking at the difference between FHA and a conventional, and you have 10% down. Should you use FHA or should you use a conventional? I'd use conventional if you had a way to get that loan balance below 80% of the original appraised value because your MI will drop off. FHA, you have to keep it a minimum of five years. The new proposal will make you keep it for the life of the loan. Yeah. Like I, said, like I said, when we started this segment, there's some things that I don't know. I'm actually kind of glad I don't know all those thoughts on FHA. You know, I get the low down payment. I get the, the rate, same as a conventional, but it's too much for me to retain. I'll give you a reason why you'd want to use FHA. If your credit score was 640, yeah. you're going to have a much higher rate if you use a conventional. But FHA has a flat, a flat rate for whether you have a 640 or an 800 score. So that's another reason to use FHA. Got it. That's Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. If you're shopping for a home, you're going to need to shop for a loan. Contact him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, pushing through the day, talking about all things financial. I'm going to be speaking with economist Dr. Jeff Rosen a little later in the, about an hour from now, about 45 minutes from now. So uh, want some insights into the economy. Hopefully he'll have some, seeing that the government was shut down for a while there. Global equities are retreating amidst indications of people's banks of China may tighten policy due to inflationary pressures. Uh, Dow component Boeing beat on earnings and revenue, but Dow component Caterpillar, not so much. Kind of disappointing. Weakness today seen in energy, financials and tech, strength in consumers, discretionary, consumer staples, healthcare, industrials, and utilities. Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Got a big event coming up this weekend. Hopefully, you'll make it out. It's one of my last events of the year. I'm good to do a little bit of a fundraiser as well. I'm going to be teaching Monday 101 All Things Financial. It's a workshop uh, from 9 to noon, Walnut Creek Marriott, talking uh, 401Ks, insurance, asset allocation, good debt, bad debt, diversification, everything you need to know. Um, bring a phone, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and I'll sign you up for free. But you do have to drop me an email so I can get you the, the sign-up. 
Um, otherwise, just sign up at robblack.com. In the afternoon, doing a wealth preservation retirement planning event from 1 to 4 at the Walnut Creek Marriott Hotel. You get information on either or, email me uh, email rob at robblack.com uh, or just sign up at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So thanks for listening to the show. One of the things that I try to do is really show you financial gain and financial pain. I try to show you the pros and cons of doing it right versus doing it wrong. Yesterday, someone emailed me uh, something kind of cute. You know, this is the second story to hit Bloomberg on on Donald Trump being accused of operating a racket. The state of New York has sued him, as has California now. Basically saying violations of U.S. racketeering influence and corrupt organizations, where you can sign up for $1,500, $1,500 for a three-day program, another $35,000 for a gold elite program, and you get to learn his secrets. And what you learn is that his secrets aren't that secret and or all that great. Trump did not fulfill the promises he made student victims around the country. Called it a university. It's not a university. <laughs> you know, it's three days for $1,500. I'm almost sorry to say this, but some people deserve to be swindled. When you look at Trump, you have to know that he's a marketer and he's not necessarily a wealth generator. The two secrets I can teach you to wealth is it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of patience if you're going to create it. Now, if you're born into it, that's one thing, like Trump was. His daddy did him more favors than he did himself. So, I don't know. I'd be very, very cautious on anyone who promises to get you rich quickly. I don't. I'd be, pro- I'd be very nervous with people who look at others like Trump and say, here's our model. You know, there's a guy named Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad, that a lot of people look up to because he's got books that says, I'm a rich dad. I'm a rich guy. I'm on TV. I have a nice suit. The truth is, if you do a little bit of digging, you'll find that CBS and other big news media outlets have investigated him for basically fraud. He sells books, he sells seminars, he doesn't necessarily sell secrets. And trust me, if they were secret, all your neighbors would be wealthy because your neighbors have his books on their bookshelves. I know we all want to get ahead. I know we all want to do better than our parents. That may not be possible. It depends on your college degree, your earnings your ability to save and not to overly invest, your ability to avert disaster. (sighs) Financial disaster, you know. Um, You get into a fist fight for whatever reason. You're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Dental care is expensive. Um, Just things to think about. Again, I'm not trying to come across as holier than thou. I think wealth is a lot easier to accumulate. It's quick to destroy, very easy to destroy. Um, So that's one of the things I try to teach at my seminars that I do. This week I'm going to be doing two at Walnut Creek, $5. I'm not charging $1,500. I'm charging five. And the only reason I'm charging five is so that I can give it to charity. On top of that, 
educate you so you can educate yourself and your family. You'll become less of a tax burden to society if you start doing things right. You know, when I say things like a million dollars, I know a woman who's doing great. She saved a lot of money at her age. But I shocked her when I told her, you know, a million dollars in California is not that much money. You pay state income taxes in retirement, and it's 900000 You pay income tax in California, it's 810000 You pay federal taxes, you pay Medicare taxes, or Medicare cost insurance. A million dollars isn't enough for retirement for most people. Um, and it's one of the things that I have to show you. You know, I'm not getting a reward for it. Psychologically, it helps me to help people. The best way for most people to save is in their 401k, their 403b, their 457. But like I've been saying the whole hour, is it's not just saving, it's insuring. Strangely, I was watching The Family Feud yesterday, and one of the contestants was an insurance guy. He said, yeah, I'm a licensed insurance rep. I sell financial products. I'm like, oh, and that's all I heard. Little f- channel flipping, that's all I heard, and I, I cringed because that guy's probably selling a lot of bad product. You know, I would stay away from annuities. Like I'd stay away from the, the plague. Variable annuities, you just a crappy insurance salesperson, in my opinion. I have no respect for you selling it. There's better product out there. Whole life insurance? Who needs life insurance when they live to the average age of 75? If you live to the average age of 75, 73 for men, who needs it? When you kick over, is your spouse suddenly going to get like plastic surgery in a Ferrari? You need term life to cover the periods of your life when people are counting on your income. Come meet me in CFB Chad Burton this weekend. We're going to be at the Marriott in Walnut Creek. It's a long drive for me on a Saturday. Nine to noon, I'm going to teach you how to create wealth. From one to four, he's going to teach you how to protect it and how to preserve it. You can sign up for either or event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm doing a fundraiser. If you bring an old cell phone, it can be cracked, it can be dented. Get in for free. Otherwise, it's $5 if you sign up at robblack.com. If you want to get in for free, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. I'm trying to exclude people. I'm trying to help people. Take a break here. Be right back. Stop just dreaming about a brighter future. Go after it. If you're a technical thinker with the ambition to pursue your education, look to a leader in technology education. ITT Technical Institute. Call 1-800-741-5123. ITT Tech teaches skills and knowledge that can be used to pursue entry-level careers in our technology-driven culture. And ITT Tech is geared towards helping students pursue their goals. Instruction is designed to include practical, hands-on applications. For most full-time students, classes meet just three days a week, which can help make it easier for you to work and meet the other demands of life. Would pursuing a technology-related education align with your personal goals? Then call for an ITT Tech brochure at 1-800-741-5123. Call ITT Tech at 1-800-741-5123. Classes are forming now, so call ITT Tech, 1-800-741-5123. Katie Lovely, Palo Alto, the Bay Area's business leader. A division of Salem Communications on the NASDAQ at SALM. Good morning, I'm Chuck Kamlick, CNBC Radio. The Dow is down 48, the NASDAQ 28, not so bad. This will be good news for drivers and gas prices down the road. Crude oil has fallen $2 to $96.50 a barrel because we've got so much in reserve right now. Shares of Boeing, $6 or 5% higher. Business is booming. Orders have backlogged for years. Boeing says it will try to build more planes each year to meet demand. Caterpillar is down $5 or 6%. Mining companies ordering a lot less equipment. CEO Doug Ober, uh, Oberhelman told CNBC the business may take years to re-
Welcome in. Rob Black, my name is Rob Black. I want to talk about an odd concept of the story stock. Money invested in more is what I tried to do on this show. Sometimes, you know, my job is to say, I really like Verizon. They're moving everything onto one network. I think it's going to work very, very well for them. I think their capital expenditures have been high. I think they're going to continue to hold that. I think they're a play on the digital device. I get freaked out when my iPad doesn't connect to the Internet. To the point that I, I almost freak out. I don't quite freak out, but almost. And that's why I like the chat. That's why I like the, the wireless angle. I want wireless in my car. I'll freak out when I don't have it. I want wireless on my device. I'll freak out when I don't have it. Netflix has more streaming subscribers now than HBO has subscribers. I think that's really important to say that people will freak out if they can't watch their TV and stream. Of course, cable has a play, I know, but I think wireless does too. When you can't get cell phone coverage, it's heaven, but it's also you freak out. You stop yourself from freaking out so you don't look like that guy who's freaking out over not having coverage. SP 500 is down 9, the Dow is down 61, the NASDAQ down 32. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com, or you can find him at NewFocusFinancial.com. He's with NewFocusFinancial. Talking about transitioning to a retirement portfolio, I say that you accumulate wealth from age 20 to 50, and you start managing wealth from age 50 to 100. And again, that's not set in stone, but that's the general concept. Mr. Burton, transitioning to a retirement portfolio. What's your thoughts? Well, when I walk people through this, I've got to get to give them some general market history, which sometimes is boring, but it, it surprises me how many people Bore me. don't really realize this stuff. So the market, as you talk about all the time, is positive 70% of the time. Right. 3 out of 10 years, negative 7 out of 10 years, positive. So pretty good odds. Best odds on the planet. Right. And when you're building wealth... You know, up until your mid to late 50s, timing the market doesn't really matter a lot. Right. The thing that you need to focus on is the asset classes that have done really well over 10 years that are doing really poorly in the last one to three, those are the ones you should actually be buying. Um, so it's not, it's really you can control your, your asset allocation with where you're sending your, your new purchases. Give me an example of that. Well, so every three years, typically asset classes change. Um, they go through a cycle. So whether it's looking at sectors of the economy like telecom, like technology, healthcare, if you look at uh, there's a chart that I talk about a lot called Callan Periodic Table of Investments. Right. And you can see that whether it's an asset class chart or a sector chart, that asset class or sector will be the best place to be for two to three years in a row, and within two to three years, it'll be one of the worst places to be. And so. Um, the real active wealth builder, the way they rebalance their portfolios will be changing where they're contributing their money and buying the stuff that looks like it's on sale. Where everybody else is running away from it, that's what they're buying that year. Okay, I'm with you. In retirement, timing is everything. Because if you go in, you build this balanced portfolio over these years and years of, of work, and then you just dollar cost average in reverse. In other words, you sell every month instead of buy every month. Well, if you sell during the downturns, you're selling. That is gone. That's lost potential forever. So if you would have had to sell your portfolio between 2008 and 2009 when the market was down 40-plus percent, and then you had to sell 5 or 10% to live, you're never going to recover. That's gone. It's out of your portfolio forever. So that's why, and when you look back at the stock market history, there's only been two periods in a row where the market's been negative three years in a row. Runs right after the Great Depression, right. like late 30s, and then um, 2000, 2001, and 2002. The only three years in a row that we've had. We've had several two-year periods in a row, like 73 and 74, the market was down 40%. Right. Next two years, the market was up 60%. Okay. So the volatility isn't new. It's been with us forever. It's just in your face with you know, financial shows out there all the time. So the biggest point as you, as you look at and you're 10 years out from retirement, one of your biggest things is, how, okay, I have a balanced portfolio. How do I get to the point where I have three years' worth of expenses, of portfolio draws, and cash? So the first thing you need to do is say, here's my expenses in retirement. 
and here's my automatic income from like Social Security and pensions. So again, a, a simple math would be if you if you need 100 grand to pay your taxes, your expenses, healthcare costs, everything, and you're getting 50 from Social Security and pensions, you know that you need 50,000 a year from your portfolio. So five years prior to retirement, you need three years of that, or $150,000 in that person's scenario, in safe money. That takes out one of the biggest risks of timing in retirement so that you you have three-year cushion that you don't have to draw on the portfolio when you're in a down market. And then by the other strategies of dividend-paying stocks where they have a history of increasing their dividend on an annual basis to help fight inflation, balance portfolio, and then also having a good portion of your retirement income coming from lifetime sources that you can outlive, like Social Security or pension or your own annuitized income. We'll talk about that at seminars coming up. You can learn more about upcoming wealth preservation retirement planning seminars at robblack.com. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a CFP, stands for Certified Financial Planner. It's his designation that makes him a fiduciary. He works in his client's best interest. You're listening to me, Rob Black, on the Wall Street Business Network. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. And again, this weekend I'm raising funds for a fundraiser. I'm taking any of your old cell phones if you want to swing it by the Marriott. If you want to drop it off at my radio station or my TV station, you can do that as well. Um, or mail it. I know I'm asking for a favor. I know I'm asking you to spend a little bit of money in gas or mail. I'm sorry about that. Um, but funds will go to a great local charity. Um, I always keep it in communities. Um, doing a Money 101, all things financial, for those of you who are accumulating wealth. Doing wealth preservation, all things financial in the afternoon. In Walnut Creek at the Marriott this Saturday from 9 to noon for the first event, 1 to 4 for the second event. Again, it is a fundraiser, so it's either $5 at the door or your old cell phone. I'm not trying to gouge. I'm not trying to trump you. Um, I know. You're saying, did you just use Donald Trump in a sentence? Yes, I did. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's critically important to me that I, I do things like this on occasion. It's the right thing to do. In the first segment, starting the segment, I talked a little bit about, you know, Verizon as a stock I like. I'm going to talk a little bit about something I don't like in the last segment of the show, it's going to be, well, let's talk about it right now. Broadcom. Ten years ago, what a great story stock. $200 stock. Now, for the last ten years, it's just around 20 Take a break here. You can find me online at robblack.com. Come up next, Dr. Jeff Rosen, economist with briefing.com. a financial interest in the success of New Focus Finance. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Tuesdays, I bring in an expert from briefing.com. Wednesdays, I bring in an expert from briefing.com. They're very, very different. One market strategist, one Patrick O'Hare, and one economist, Dr. Jeff Rosen. Dr. Jeff Rosen, how are you today? Good. How yourself? How's the world of economics? It's uh, wonderful now that we're getting new data again. <laughs> You know, it's been three weeks of uh, of doing nothing, and you know, in the next two weeks we're getting all the data releases that were basically missed. So it's going to be a fun couple weeks. Are you a little upset the markets hit market all time highs while not operating with economic data? Like, are you marginalized by that? <laughs> um, I, I, I guess you could say that. I, I generally don't pay too much attention to. Uh, you know, near-term trends in the market based on economic data, I look more long-term. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the way everything turned out with uh, the shutdown and, and not knowing what's going on and uh, seeing that everybody was, was happy, uh, you know, made me kind of feel left out. <laughs> with that said, I appreciate that you got the sense of humor. I once was working as an analyst for a guy who came into my office and told me that he didn't need me anymore because God picks his socks. So, like, we don't need you because the stock market hits all-time highs. It's 
it's odd how you can get marginalized in good in good stock markets. Topic change, though. Any chance you saw the Alan Greenspan interview this week, um, where he was I've on? Seen a couple uh, of them. God, I can't even think of his name now. Comedy Central's uh, John Stewart show. That one I did not see. Okay. In it, John Stewart said, "Was there things that what happened?" And he goes, "Well, there's things that we couldn't have projected." So Greenspan basically said, "We were kind of like steering a ship that we didn't know where it was going." So Stewart, you know, kind of made it funny, haha, on those kind of levels. But what's your confidence level in the Fed as far as, you know, some of these people are real economists. They've worked in the industry. Some of them are, you know, Harvard teachers who've never been in a business in their life. What's your opinion on the, the Fed as a collective doing the right thing and uh, being able to steer such a big thing as the U.S. economy? Um, I think the Fed as a collective is pretty intelligent. I think that... Um you know, if you take everybody as an individual, they're 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 pretty you know, smart people. And if you put them in a room together, especially in a room that you know likes to have debate and is willing to be open to suggestions, I think you're uh, you're going to do yourself pretty well. Uh, from my understanding of the Greenspan Fed, it wasn't very much an open and you know open to debate type of environment. It was more of uh, you know, a monarchy of, you know, what Greenspan thought was what generally happened uh, in terms of federal uh, monetary policy. So I think we're going to get better ideas and we're going to hear from more people the way the Fed is currently constructed as opposed to in the past. Um, my complaint with with Greenspan's uh, new book is that, you know, he doesn't take any blame for what happened, you know. You need to, you know, at least reflect on yourself and say, well, some people found it because some people made a lot of money, you know, and you know, shorting the housing market and, and understanding you know, how things were were going to uh, play out. You had uh, a guy, uh, Hyman Minsky, writing a paper 30 years before, you know, basically explaining exactly what was going on uh, in the financial sector, saying this is a, a bad system. You're going to have a big financial crash. That uh, either Greenspan didn't read or you know chose to to negate. You know, I, I think that if he would have came out and been more contrite and said, you know, I screwed up a little bit, let's figure out how we don't screw up in the future. Things would have been a little bit better. Let's change topics to home prices. Uh, this morning we saw U.S. home prices rise three tenths of a percent in August from July, smallest gain in 11 months. From the data that you're looking at as a collective, you know. Real estate's local, local, local. But are you seeing a collective? Have we hit the highs? Can we expect sideways to down, sideways to up? What do we? Where do we go with housing? Uh, I hope that we go sideways. <laughs> I don't think that uh, the market is, is necessarily ready to go up. I think there's too much slack in the market. Um, you know, there was a recent Fed paper talking about. Uh, uh, home prices yesterday, I think, came from the San Francisco Fed saying that um, you could see prices continuing to go up because people are not putting things on the market because they expect things to go up, so you're keeping supply artificially depleted. Uh, the way I see it is that you have income growth that's um, you know moderate at best and, and probably anemic is, is probably the better word. You have higher mortgage rates, which means affordability conditions are going down, so I don't see how you can continue having housing prices go up unless you're moving again back into a bubble-type situation where people are buying just because they think prices are going to go higher in the future. I throw out an argument on radio and television that housing is the greatest liability that we ever take on, but that never prepay your mortgage because the equity inside your home loses to inflation 2 to 4%, the purchasing power of the dollar. Um, and I catch a lot of flack for that. A lot of people get mad at me for saying don't prepay your mortgage because some people want to pay it off. What's your opinion on paying off mortgages? I guess it all depends on what your uh, mortgage rate is set at. I mean, if your mortgage rate is at 3%, I mean, it's not a good idea to pay off your mortgage because you know, you're not going to get that type of capital. Um, if your mortgage is 8%, you know, it might be better off repaying it because you know, earning 8% on a different investment is more difficult. So I guess it all depends on what the interest rates are set at. I mean, if you're paying it off because you want equity in your house, the only reason why I would suggest doing that is if you want some line of credit in the future and you need to have a, a source of capital for that. But otherwise, yeah, they're, they're, I don't see much of a reason to do that. 
I think I stole my idea that the dollar loses to inflation from the Federal Reserve paper in the 80s, where they basically pulled the Federal Reserve members and they said, yeah, prepaying your mortgage is a bad thing to do based on inflation of the dollar. But anyway, um, anything you're working on right now, Dr. Jeff Rosen, that we should be made aware of? Anything important coming out? Uh, I'm just really trying to focus on the employment situation, what's going on with there. I mean, we're having a lot of talk about uh, the negative externalities on Obamacare on, on the employment situation. Uh, right now, we're not seeing it in the data. I mean, if you look at the ADP numbers, you're not seeing any trend shifts in uh, job growth in uh, small firms or in medium-sized firms. And if you're looking at uh, part-time workers, you're not seeing big changes in uh, the percentage of the workforce that's part-time, and that's uh, looking at it as you know total number of employer, total number of people that are currently working, total number of people in the labor force, or even in the overall population. So right now we're not seeing any of the negative uh, um, results that we expected to see from uh, you know forcing insurers to have to pay for health insurance on uh, on their work staff. Now things can change in the next several months, but you know, you know, right now that's not that's not happening. And I'm trying to find some data on you know the actual job, the actual firm creations and transitions. So if we're seeing like a slowdown in uh, firms that have 40 people as opposed to firms that have 10 people, you know, because that's the the firms that are really going to have uh, the upward costs from from the Affordable Care Act. And I'm just spending a little bit more time trying to piece all this stuff out because I think it's going to be an important play in 2014. Talking about employment beyond 2014, maybe the next 10 years, generally speaking, are we going to keep this argument alive that we're underemployed, we want to work more hours, and unemployment's stubbornly too high? Over 10 years? Yeah, I, I'm not, I guess I'm asking for a little crystal ball. Like, is this, are we a damaged economy? We are a damaged economy, but I don't think we are a broken economy. You know, I think that, uh, you know, we're being hit with unnecessary fiscal adjustments um, at this point in time, which is slowing economic growth, which is preventing uh, the normal response of a recession with higher job gains and uh, faster you know, economic prosperity, but um, you know, I don't think it's an everlasting event. I think that you know eventually you're going to hit a you know a happy median with where we're at, and and growth can can start from there. It's just a question of when are we going to get there, and you know it could take some time. Okay. Hope not. Thanks very much, <laughs> Dr. Jeff Rosen, Briefing.com, a trusted, reliable source of information on international U.S. equity markets. There's so much there from Dr. Jeff Rosen's pondering about the economy to value stocks, growth stocks, to trading ideas. Um, they do a really, really nice job of encapsulating what's working and what's not working on the market. Um, they're not paying me to say that. Like, this is not a paid endorsement. I can tell you that it's, uh, it's a good service for the average person who wants to know a little bit more. It's briefing.com, and it's Dr. Jeff Rosen. He joins me every Wednesday at 830 Global equities are treating today amidst indications that the People's Bank of China may tighten policy. That's what I should have asked Dr. Jeff Rosen next week. Um, Dow component Boeing is beating on earnings and revenue, while Dow member Caterpillar reported disappointing. We are in earnings season. We did hit market highs earlier this week. We're not going to be at market highs every single day, every single year. But more often than not, the market moves higher. Um, I got an interesting statistic on that for you that um, one of my compadres in the world went out and actually ran some of the numbers. Since 1927, the market's been higher than the previous year, 65% of the time, and the market has made a new all-time high 41% of the time looking at the calendar years. Those are good odds. It's almost tough to beat those odds. Those are incredible odds. You need to be inside the markets for the long-term patient investor, not for the short-term undisciplined trader. It's not for you. You get Charles and Air. It's 800-516-1220. Don't forget, i got an event coming up at Walnut Creek this weekend. Money 101 in the morning and Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning in the afternoon. It's a phone fundraiser or $5 fundraiser. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. Bad credit card debt happens... 
Crazy stuff this year. I towards bicyclists and motorists. Kind of frightening. In the past few years, a lot of cities in the United States and local governments have really, really embraced bicycling as a reasonable way to use the public roads. One of the things I talk about on this show all the time is disability. I can't imagine, even if I could, riding my bike to work. It's just too scary of a concept for me that one motorist won't see me, and that will cause financial ruin. There's some video out of a guy in Texas that, you know, he's basically passed a group of cyclists, then they kind of, you know, did something to him, and he gets out of his car with a baseball bat. He ends up running over a bicycle with his truck. And we saw the, the motorcyclists. Bikes and motorcycles give you a certain amount of freedom that you don't have in a car. Cars give you a certain amount of power that you don't have in motorcycles and bicycles. Um, it's crazy. And, you know, there's a story out of Texas today that a babysitter with a semi-automatic weapon left the weapon on the, on the coffee table, goes, takes a nap, five-year-old kid kills himself by accident. Um, and she said that I, I had it for self-protection, I'm afraid to be by myself. Like, crazy stuff happens in this world. Like, I'm never, ever going to flick off a person in a car or on a bicycle because there's crazy people out there. My Facebook page has crazy people on it on a regular basis. I see some of the postings out there, and I'm like, God. Like, I want as little chance to get into a horrible situation as possible. Not only for the financial ramifications of it, because my life is precious. And I see it way, just way too often. Um, I don't know. If your husband or your spouse is bicycling to work, I would almost reconsider it, because there's just some people out there who shouldn't be driving. And there's tempers out there that just aren't right. I know you're saving the planet, you're saving the world, but... This is one of those times where smoking is preferred, per se. Markets are struggling today. Dow's down. NASDAQ's down. SP 500's down. Ten-year Treasury's down, showing a little bit more risk. The world's a little bit more afraid. That's good if you're going to get a mortgage or if you're a corporation. There is a problem that we're going to have coming off this low cost of money. It's going to be like a hangover. You know, if you've ever dated someone who's really, really wealthy and then you break up and suddenly you're paying for your own meals, you're paying for your own rent, you're paying for it's, it's a little bit of a change. The cheap cost of money is going to hurt us one day when it becomes more normalized. Hopefully it's a very slow process. Otherwise, it's going to be a very jarring process, in my opinion. Um, one stock that's higher today, Apple. I own shares of Apple. Um, I bring that up. In large part, I thought their product rollout yesterday showed me one thing very specifically, that the age of the extra 100 to $200 that you had to pay to get new hardware is over. And that particularly hurts Microsoft. Well, not really. It does and it doesn't. Well, it does. Because it helps companies like HP who make hardware. If you know you're going to get free operating system on it, why not? Right? So Apple's free Mac operating system is a swift kick in the gut to Microsoft Windows 8. And, you know, selling stuff at a premium. Computing habits are shifting from pricey desktop computers to laptops to affordable mobile devices to smartphones, tablets. We've become very spoiled uh, by free system upgrades, operating system upgrades. Uh, you know, you buy it for 129 bucks. You get the upgrades through the, you know, through the years on it. Then you ultimately say, you know what? You need new hardware. You need new software. It's 
a pretty big swift kick in the gut. You know, Windows 8.1 will work on a lot of older machines, but unless you're already running Windows 8, which costs $200 for the Pro version, you still need to pay to get it. Even then, you may not want it. So there's a shift, and Apple's getting it, and Apple and Google and everyone's doing everything they can to protect themselves in the shift to lower-cost hardware. Apple and Google already give away their operating system now free. They're trying to create an ecosystem. They're trying to, you know, Google used to have an open-source operating system, and now they're going to have to start limiting that so that other people can't make calendars, other people can't make maps. They want their calendars and their maps and their services messaging on the operating system. So, I don't know. I hope you'll come out to my event this weekend in Walnut Creek. I hope you'll help me raise a little bit of money for local charities. You can do me a great favor by going through your drawers and uh, grabbing me your old cell phone. Uh, it'll be white. So it'll be donated to charity. It'll stay in local community. Uh, and it'll go towards children. So, in education. Come on out this weekend to Walnut Creek, Money 101, All Things Financial, in the morning. If you're under 45, if you're accumulating wealth, if you're under $300,000 and you're still trying to figure out how you're going to get to that million to two million, that's the event for you. It's Marriott in Walnut Creek. In the afternoon, it is a slightly different event. And by that, I mean it's for people who've got 400000 They're heading towards retirement. They, they know they're going to make it. They're already in retirement. You have a lot of decisions to make between now and the time you die. You have, you know, can you run out of money? Absolutely. I see it happen all the time. A lot of people retire without enough saved. So if you want to come to either or event, you can donate a phone. If you want to donate a phone, just drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and I'll send you an entry code for the event. Um, show up, people. Even if you're not going to stay for the event, show up and drop off your phone. I'd appreciate it. And, um, again, I don't ask much. This is one of those times that it's super easy to get rid of some junk and do some recycling in your own community. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. Take care. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.